You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Man, I love Jesus. Y'all love Jesus in this place? Man, I'm, I'm excited to continue on in this series because... As I've mentioned, and if you if you follow me on Facebook, I, I don't post a whole lot. I share a lot of stuff from the Impact page, but I don't post much. But I posted last night about 12.03, so I guess this morning, really, um, that discouragement doesn't have to lead to defeat. And I want that to be clear this morning, and we're going to see that in the, in the life of Nehemiah and the, the event of the people in Judah rebuilding this wall, we're going to see how discouragement doesn't have to lead to defeat. And what I want you to know before we even jump into Scripture this morning is this, that usually the enemy doesn't try to attack you if you're doing something wrong. He tries to attack you when you're doing something right. So if you feel attacked, and discouraged spiritually this morning, I want you to at least take some comfort knowing that the enemy, if you're doing nothing significant for the kingdom, he really doesn't care. It's when we begin to walk in the calling that God has placed on our life that the enemy begins to work, and he begins to discourage, and he begins to attack. He doesn't care if you're acting like the world. That's what he wants you to act like. But he begins to attack like crazy when you begin to do what God has called you to do. You say, well, why does he do that? We see in John 10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. He wants to steal everything away from you. He wants to kill you, and he wants to destroy any legacy that you could leave for the kingdom. In First Peter, it says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lying, seeking someone to devour. Now, I want to make a correlation here that the devil roars around like a lion. Cats are in the lion family, so I just, cats are evil. So if you have a, like a pet cat, I just want you to know that biblically, there's probably, there's got to be something wrong with that. But I want to say this again, we, we usually don't face opposition if we're doing something wrong. We face spiritual opposition when we're doing something Right. So how will the enemy discourage you? There's two ways that I want to talk about this morning. Number one is this, that the enemy will discourage you from the outside. That there's going to be people on the outside, externally, that come at you to discourage you from doing what God has called you to do. In Nehemiah chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says this, Now when Sambalot heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. He was making fun of the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that? Verse 3, Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Here, here we have two guys who are upset about 
the people of God doing what God has called the people of God to do. And we have one guy saying, hey, look at these feeble Jews. What are they even doing? Are they going to finish this in a day? And they're, they're being made fun of. And then another guy says, yeah, man, this wall is so bad, even if a little fox climbs up on it, it's going to tear the wall down. The enemy uses people on the outside to discourage you from doing what he's called you to do. And he does this in two ways. One is with obstacles. Have you ever started to do something that you really felt like God was calling you to do, and you would take two steps forward, and then somehow you're taking five steps back? It ain't even a two and a three, man. It's a two and a five. You're taking five steps back. Maybe you, you feel like God's calling you to, to get out of debt, right? Dave Ramsey, you get a tattoo on your arm, whatever, right? And he wants you to get out of debt. And, and you get your family together. You sit them down and you say, hey, so here's the plan. We're going to be out of debt by this time. And then the next day, your car breaks down and it's $1,000 to fix it. And you're like, what the heck? Two steps forward, five steps back. Or maybe for you, it's, man, I want to start leading my family the way that God has called me to lead my family. And you get your family together at the kitchen table, and you're like, hey, so we're going to start doing a Bible study together every night. I want to lead my family the right way. And then maybe your teenage kid says, I'm not even sure I believe in God. You're taking two steps forward, and it feels like five steps back. There's going to be obstacles in the way. I'll give you an example of this. We launched this church in January of 2020. Now, I don't know if any of you know what happened in the year 2020, but the world went crazy in 2020, right? There was a global pandemic in 2020. So I'm out of town on an anniversary trip with my beautiful wife. And, man, this, this talk about COVID starts happening. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'm not, I'm not real worried about it. It, it. This was March. It was just kind of coming about. And I had to put out a video while I was on my vacation trip just to let the church know, hey, we're still going to meet this Sunday. Things will look a little different. We're going to take some precautions, but we're still going to meet. And then about a week later, the school said, hey, we're shutting the school down, and you guys got to get out. And I want you to think about this. We've been meeting for about 11 weeks, and this is the only place that we have to meet. There's a huge obstacle in our way. It's like, man, we, we have a lot of momentum. We just launched a new church. There's people coming. People are excited about what God is doing. And the school says, yeah, so this is your last week. You can't come back. There was an obstacle. Two steps forward, five steps back. It's like, what is happening? But this is what I know, and this is what I believe in my heart, is that so many God-given dreams die at the very first obstacle. Is that we do what God calls us to do, and we continue to, to walk, and we continue to move in that, and then we face an obstacle, and a lot of times our God-given dream and calling, they die right there with that first obstacle. The enemy's going to attack you and discourage you from the outside with obstacles and then criticism. Man, you're so excited. 
You're so excited to do what God's called you to do, right? You just you you just can't contain it. You're telling people, you're talking about it, not because you want them to look at you, but because God's doing some work. And then someone criticizes you, and you just feel deflated. Because you think, well, man, why don't they feel the same way that I feel about this? How can they criticize me for doing what God has called me to do? And we begin to be really discouraged. And then we begin to lead defensively. It's like, man, I just want them to like me. I just want them to, to know my heart. If they just knew my heart, they wouldn't think that about me. And we, we begin to walk in God's calling defensively instead of saying, hey, I don't care what man says about me because God has appointed me and anointed me to do what he has said. But we begin to be discouraged from the outside. And Nehemiah did two things when he was discouraged. He took it to God and he got back to work. He took it to God and he got back to work. Now, I want you to know this morning, if you're being attacked from the outside, if you're being discouraged from the outside, take it to God. That's why we always talk about prayer here. Take it to him and then get back to work. Do what he's called you to do. But not only will the enemy discourage you from the outside, but he will also discourage you from the inside. Chapter 4, verse 10 says, In Judah, so this is the people with Nehemiah doing the work, they said this, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. In other words, this is what's happening. They're saying, hey, we don't have what it takes to do this. I'm not sure that we're strong enough. I'm not sure that we're smart enough. I'm not sure that we really have everything it takes. And then the enemy begins to whisper those whispers of condemnation. He says, who do you think you are that you can do this work for God? Don't you remember the stuff that you were saying last night? And now you want to act like you're living for God? And the enemy begins to whisper these things to us. And we begin to really be discouraged from within. And we begin to believe the lies of the enemy. To say, hey, you will never be good enough. Your past disqualifies you. The stuff that you think about disqualifies you. All this stuff that you do in your life, do you really think God can use you? And we begin to believe the lies of the devil. And he's using stuff within us to discourage us from doing what God has called us to do. So how can we overcome discouragement? Nehemiah says this, and I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Let's stop right there for just a minute. This is what he says. He says, all these people, all these people on the outside, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of what they're saying. Don't be afraid of what they're doing. You do what God has called you to do. And he says this because he knows that God is powerful, right? says, hey, don't be afraid of all these people. And 1 John 4 says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He says, hey, don't be afraid because God is bigger than that. Our God is bigger than all these enemies, all these attacks, all this 
discouragement. And then in Romans 8, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Nehemiah says, don't be afraid. Later on in Romans 8, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors in him. In Jesus. Nehemiah says, don't be afraid. Because he's greater than your discouragement. He's greater than these people in the world. He's greater than all of this. He says, hey, if God is for you, who can really be against you? Yeah, it's going to feel like people are against you. It's going to feel like people are just out to get you. But who can really stand against God? No one. No one. He is who he says he is. And we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Verse 14, Nehemiah says, Then I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. He gives two ways to defeat discouragement. Number one is to remember God. And when he said this, this would be a really loaded statement, right? Saying, hey, remember what God did. Remember when we were enslaved in Egypt and God raised up this ordinary guy to lead us out. Remember that all of the stuff that happened, remember that we got to a sea and the army was coming behind us and, man, there was nowhere to go. And then God parted the Red Sea and we walked across on dry land. Remember what God has done for you. And I want you to know that we can too remember what God has done. As I think about this and I think about, man, so we were 11 weeks into this church plant. We got kicked out of the only place we could meet. We had nowhere else to go. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? So what we did is we set up in a garage and we had to live stream every service. We weren't prepared to do that. We weren't planning to do that yet. We were still really young. But we had to jump to live streaming only. And here's what God did. God worked out all the details to where we never missed a Sunday of streaming. God worked out the details where people were still connected to this new church in this city who really maybe didn't care for new churches coming in at the time. Let's just be honest, right? And God began to connect people in a different kind of way. And eventually we came back to the school. But we get to remember how God came through back in March of 2020. When we had no idea what was going to happen. All we knew is we were doing what God had called us to do and all this discouragement and all this opposition is happening. And man, it's really easy to say, well, praise God for opposition. It's really hard to believe that the opposition is a good thing. Amen? Because as we're facing the opposition, it's like, what are we going to do? And God says, hey, yeah, so y'all just keep trying. I'm going to show up like I show up. And what we did is we trusted God 
And now we can look back over two years later and say, man, remember that God was faithful. Remember what God did. And some of you can remember the day that you gave your life to Jesus. You can remember where you were. You can remember how old you were. Some of you, your memory is not that good, and that's okay. I'm not telling you that you have to remember every detail, but you remember what your life was like before Jesus. And then the moment that Jesus grabbed a hold of you and you said yes to him for the very first time. Maybe everything wasn't great. Maybe everything wasn't perfect. And maybe your life didn't change that much at first. But if you look back to where you were, to where you are now, you can remember the work of the Lord in your life personally. Remember God. Nehemiah says, hey, remember how great and awesome he is. He's a great God. He's an awesome God. And we see that in all of the things that he's done, but more importantly, we see it in who he is. How many of you have ever tried to just be perfect, just for a day? How many can say, man, I've tried to really be perfect for a day? Yeah, me too. How many of you can say I was perfect for a day? All right. So Jesus can say that, right? Not only for a day, but for eternity, but as human, right? As man, for 33 years, he was perfect. Holy. That's who he is. He's a holy God. He's a just God. That means he's full. He's full of love. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He's full of strength. He's full of everything that we're not full of. And yes, that goes the other way too. The things that we are full of, he's not. Take that how you want to take it. And he is who he says he is. And when we're facing discouragement, we remember him. We remember his greatness. We remember how awesome he is. And we begin to sing, our God is an awesome God. He reigns. You don't have to sing that, but man, what a, what a good song it is. Not because the song is amazing, but because the words are true. That God is an awesome God and he reigns supreme above all others. That means he reigns supreme above your discouragement. And as we face that discouragement, we remember him. And then the second way we can defeat discouragement is we remember the cause. Nehemiah said, I fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Here's the deal. We fight for the cause. Because if we fight for ourselves, we're going to give up. If we fight for us, we will eventually give up. But when we fight for the cause, when we fight for what God has called us to, then we, we lean on his strength. We lean on his power. We lean on his peace to keep going. What are you fighting for? We've let the burden in. All right, we see that Nehemiah, just to recap, Nehemiah found out some really bad news that the place of his forefathers was, was in ruins that the walls were torn down, that the gates were burned. And it burdened his heart to the point where he let it break his heart. And he sat down and he wept. And then he relied on God. He, he took it to God in prayer. 
and then he rose up to act. And we saw last week that when we rise up to act, that there's, there's some steps we can take. There's some steps that we can take. We continuously seek God, right? It's all about prayer. And you see in every week so far, it's been about prayer. Prayer is always in the formula. But we continuously seek God. We clearly define the vision. Like here's the vision. Nehemiah's vision was we're going to rebuild the wall. It was clear. It was simple. That was the vision. And he planned carefully. He got some letters from the king for provision, for protection. And then he inspired other people courageously to join him. And when we get there and we begin to work, the discouragement happens. The opposition comes. And a lot of times the dream and the calling dies because we don't want to face the obstacles. And when that happens, when the discouragement is coming from the outside, when it's coming from the lies of the enemy, from the inside, we remember who God is. And we remember why we're fighting in the first place. And we're fighting because God has told us to do it. Because he's placed it on our hearts and our life to fight for whatever it is he's called you to fight for. So what are you fighting for this morning? What are you fighting for? Are you fighting for yourself? Or are you fighting for the gospel? What's your burden? Man, I pray by now that you've realized what that burden is in your life, what God has placed on your heart. I pray that you know what that is, that you began to bathe that in prayer, and that you've started to rise up and act. And as we as we close this morning, I want you to I want you to think about this. I heard someone say this this week actually, and it was just really convicting to me that if if someone followed you around for a week and you didn't talk at all, they just followed you everywhere you went. When you woke up in the morning, they were there. When you went to work, they were there. All through work, they were there. They were just there. They were your shadow for a week. They never left you. They saw what you did in public and what you do in private. Would they know that you were a Jesus follower? You're not allowed to talk. Just by the way that you live your life, would they know that you are following Jesus? Man, I want you to think about that. Would the people in your life know that you're a Jesus follower if you didn't tell them that you were a Jesus follower? Does your life put on display the gospel of Jesus? And if the answer the answer is no, then you have to ask yourself, why? Why? Am I not putting on display the gospel of Jesus? Why am I not, not fighting for the cause? I know that he's called me to do something. I know that he's called me to fight. Why aren't we fighting? And I think a lot of times it's because we've, we're facing discouragement. Discouragement from other people discouragement from within there's obstacles there's criticism and we begin to just retreat and I want you to know this morning that God's not a God of retreat God doesn't retreat God pushes forward he marches forward the Bible says that he is a mighty warrior and he is fighting for his kingdom 
and we're in the army. As Christ followers, we are in the army. But too often, we fight for the other side. And my, my challenge for you is that you fight for the kingdom of God. You're fighting for something. What are you fighting for? If you're in this place and you're discouraged this morning, I want you to know that discouragement does not have to lead to defeat. That discouragement can be defeated, and it can be defeated by remembering God and remembering how great and awesome He is. And by remembering the cause, that we're fighting for whatever it is that He's placed in our heart. Some of you want to you want to fight for the unborn. Some of you want to fight for for kids who just don't have the same thing that maybe your kid has. You want to fight for those who are less fortunate. You want to fight for those who are abused. You want to fight for those who can't fight for themselves. You want to fight for new churches. You want to fight for whatever it is that God has placed on your heart. You want to fight to lead your family like God has called you to lead your family. You want to fight for those people who are just enchained by addiction because you know what it was like to be enchained and you know what it's like to live in freedom. I don't know what it is that God has called you to fight for, but he's calling you to fight. Are you fighting? For some of you, it's at work. You need to fight to change the culture at work. For some of you, it's at school and you need to fight to change the culture of your group at school and say, hey, I know that this is what the world says is cool, but God says this is how I'm supposed to live my life. I'm supposed to chase after him. And I'm telling you at work, at school, wherever you are, you're going to face discouragement. People are going to tell you you're crazy. People are going to call you Jesus freaks. People are going to say all these mean things about you. And this is what I want you to know, that you're more than conquerors through him who loves you. I want you to know that it's better to fight for the kingdom and people make fun of you than fight for the world and you never get to spend eternity with Jesus. That those people you're trying to impress at work, those people you're trying to impress at school, they can't save you. And a lot of times when you go through the darkest times of your life, those people are nowhere to be found. The only one, the only one who will always be there, who will never let you down, who is always faithful, is our Savior. And we remember Him and we fight for the cause. Let's stand together this morning as we respond. I want you to know that God is bigger than anything you could ever think. So put all these thoughts in your head about how amazing and awesome and big God is, and he's bigger and greater and more awesome than all of that. And we get to serve him. And not only do we get to serve him, we get to call him Father. And he calls us his children. And maybe this morning you've never made the decision to put your faith in Him. Maybe you're, you're standing here and you're thinking, man, I would love to be called a child of God, but I don't think I'm worthy. And I want you to know that none of us are worthy, but because of Jesus, we can be called the righteousness of God. And maybe in this place you've never placed your faith and your trust in Jesus. And today is the day of salvation for you. Maybe today you're just feeling discouraged 
And today is the day that you walk out of here in victory because of who Jesus is. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.